our military, our soldiers, and just as we honor Veterans Day, we'll honor our veterans here just a bit after service, and I'll try to be brief this morning. Um, try not to linger too long. Uh, I got a lot of things I need to do this afternoon as well, but I don't have my watch. I went off and forgot it, so um, I just, as far as I'm concerned, I might as well just be in bed right now. We're just not even dressed. It's just, it drives me nuts. I'm used to it. As you can see, I wear a watch. Um, but uh, thankful again for everyone in the church for all the birthday gifts and, and whoever took the banner down in the back. <laughs> We've been aiming to, but as you all know, sickness hit our house a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and it's pretty much gone, but uh, Amber just decided to stay home and not take any chances. But uh, real briefly, tell you a quick story, then I'll get started. Tuesday was my birthday. I turned 50. And, uh, yeah, and uh, old to some, young to others. And uh, so, anyway, uh, Amber was in the ER with Kelly. I had to run to Barbersville for Amber. So, Drew and I go to Barbersville. She goes to the ER with Kelly, and we drop off for Amber. I said, Drew, I want to go somewhere to eat till we don't get to eat very often down this way. Maybe not have a restaurant around Charleston. I said, I kind of like to go somewhere halfway decent. I said, I don't spend a lot of money a lot of times in restaurants. And he said, well, I want Chinese. And I thought, oh, dear heavens. I said, well, buddy, I'd really like something else if you don't mind. And he said, well, I'd, I'd really like to have Chinese. All right. So we go into the Barbersville Mall, and I thought, there's Ruby Tuesdays in there. I'll just eat there. Don't go to that Ruby Tuesdays in the Barbersville Mall. Um, that's good advice. First Peter chapter 4, I ordered a steak and they brought it out and it was the collar of my Bible. And uh, thankfully they knocked it off. I didn't even have to ask. All they charged me for was my, was my Coke, and, but uh, it was not a good 50th birthday dinner. And someone had the audacity to send me a picture of one of the finest steakhouses in the country and say, I hope you get a steak for your birthday. Um, but... Uh, I wasn't going to call you out. First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. Uh, this is not necessarily a Veterans Day message. I guess it, it can be in ways, but uh, sometimes I try to preach, uh, preach holiday messages. But uh, most of the time, I try to let God lead me, and, and I'll ask Him to. But to be honest with you, it's. Most preachers, including myself, do not like uh, holidays where a message is expected to be preached to match that holiday. Uh, can I play the world's smallest violin for a minute, wind just for a second? Uh, it's annoying. Because uh, i got to try to come up with something to match that holiday. And a lot of times I don't mind, but still sometimes your heart may be another direction. But people expect it. Uh, but nevertheless, I don't have a Veterans Day message today. So First Peter chapter 4, is everybody there? Amen. Verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That's speaking of us, not Christ. That he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revealings, banquetings, and abominable adulteries. 
wherein they think it strange that he run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Remember that verse. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but living according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, watch under prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this day that you've given us. And God, I'm sorry if I may be a little bit biased, but God, I guess the greatest things that a man can say is one is, Lord, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, and God, I thank you that I'm an American. That God, we were born free as far as laws goes in some ways and as far as our liberties, a lot of them have been taken away, but God, we still have more liberties than most countries. But God, the greatest of all, Lord, I thank you that I was born into your family. God, you saw fit to put me in a country where the gospel has been preached, Lord, for 200 years. We thank you for that and we praise you for it. God, I pray today, Lord, that you be with this message, that you be with those that's here this morning, God, or maybe those that may be watching. And God, you touch their hearts as needed. Lord, I'll give you the thanks and the praise for everything you do for us. God, use me as you see fit. Lord, you know I'm nothing. I can do nothing without you. Help me, God, to be affected this morning the way that you want me to. And Holy Spirit, you speak to those that need it. In Jesus, your holy, sweet, precious name we pray. Amen. All right, as I was uh, reading this, let me say a couple things as we get started. Um, I'm breaking this in the middle of the paragraph. I realize that. I'm not covering this paragraph entirely. So uh, please uh, don't hate on me for that. But I want to just focus on these first few verses this morning and take a thought from this, and with God's help, preach to you something that I believe is helpful. Uh, I want to say that a lot of times in our life, I've learned this uh, from different people, from my own experience, a lot of times uh, the troubles in our life, we cannot control the storms in our life. We cannot do anything about that. But you have full control of the weather. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. Uh, In your life, uh, you're... Time, so to speak, may have come. The tables may be turned on you. You Things may be wrong. But you have full control of your attitude and the weather of your mind, whether the sun is still shining on you or whether it's raining on you. Uh, There may be a hurricane in your life going on. Your whole life may be turned inside out and upside down. But you can still turn it over to God and trust Him and realize He is still in control and have the right attitude and the thought process and ask him, are you trying to teach me something? Are you trying to do something? What is it that I need to learn from this uh, trial? And in the end, God, I know no matter what happens, I'm going to heaven to be with you. I'll never have another sorrow. I'll never have another uh, uh, payment that's going to be late. I'm not having any more kids that are sick. My spouse is sick and dying. My mom and dad is this. Whatever the case may be, where there'll be a time come that you'll never have another heartache, another sad story another heartbreak. But today we've got some. So verse 1, he says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, he he came and took on flesh, the same flesh as you and I. He bled like you and I. I believe he got sick sometimes like you and I, possibly. I believe he struggled with things like you and I. If it was hot, he felt it. If it was cold, he felt it. If people hurt, he felt it. He felt what you and I feel. And he suffered for us in the flesh. It says so right there. Uh, Arm yourselves likewise with the same 
mind. So I'm going to preach to you this morning. We need to be armed. Now for those of you that know me, I believed in being armed with a, a side mount somewhere usually in the small of my bike is where I carry mine, sometimes on the side and sometimes in a pocket, a.k.a. pistol. Uh, I believe in guns. I like guns. I believe in owning more guns. And I believe in carrying guns. They'll keep people that wants to hurt you at bay. But here we're talking about being mind, armed with the mind of Christ. And I'm going to be honest with you, that is more powerful than any gun or man-made weapon that's ever been invented or ever will be invented. You cannot hurt someone who has the mind of Christ, whose mind is focused on Jesus. You cannot hurt someone who has died to this flesh and, and let's say, let come what may, I am God's. What are you going to do? The Bible says, Jesus said in his own words, don't fear man that can kill you and that's all. Fear the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. If you fear him and not fear man like we're not supposed to, what are they going to do to you? So let's read on. He says, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Let me go back and read that again. He said, for as much sin as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, he gave us an example. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. We are, a lot of times our suffering is to break us from sin, to cause us to suffer in a way that sin no longer appeal to us, no longer have any desire to us, no longer have any effect on us. That is the design of a lot of sufferings. But unfortunately, you and I sometimes run to the sin rather than run away from it. We let it draw us to it rather than drawing us to God. That's what not suffering is designed to do. But number one, you need to arm yourselves with the mind of the same mind of Christ. You need to be refined. We are refined in Jesus Christ. God brings things into our life to refine us, to purify us, to clean us, to get us away from sin, to therefore it won't have the same effect on us that we have we cease from every day practicing sins. There are some sins in some of your lives that you live in every day. You practice it. You still enjoy it too much. We shouldn't enjoy sin if we're a child of God. We should hate sin. And too much of the time, we have not been refined like we should because we don't have the mind of Christ. The suffering has driven us away from God instead of toward God. The suffering of God is designed to draw us to Him. It's one thing I learned real quickly. As a child growing up, I mean, a lot of times as a child, I wore dad's bed around my waist sometimes as much as he did and they wouldn't hold my pants up. I think it'd do a lot of kids a lot of good today now if they wore a bed around their waist every now and then for a few moments. Yeah, I got a few amens there. Uh, anyway, but uh, growing up, I knew that if I did wrong, I was gonna get punished, but I learned something. If I showed my dad remorse, and realized that what I did was wrong and I was honest with him and told him the truth and got up close to him, sometimes the spanking wasn't as quite as bad. If you'll be honest with God and let him know that you realize why you're suffering, that your sin is sin, and tell him, God, I'm sorry, but I like it and I don't want to. Help me not to like it. He might help you a little bit more. Hmm. 
You want to know how God bad? You know how bad God hates sin? Look at Jesus on the cross. That's how bad God hates sin. Some of our language, some of our habits, some of our things we partake in, we drink, watch, listen to, say, places we go, disobedience to God. We're supposed to see some of that. Verse 2, that he longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh and the lust of men, but to the will of God. You know, there, there's going to be a responding in our life. Number one, we need to be refined with arm ourselves with the mind, same mind of Christ to be refined. Number two, we need to arm ourselves with the same mind of Christ in the responding. We need to respond to God's will, not man's will. Uh, notice that it says that he no longer should, should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Listen, you're going to desire one or the other and there are situations that's going to come your way that you're going to respond to man's desires, man's lust. Come on, join us and go against what Proverbs says. Get away from them or you're going to respond to the will of God. One of the two you're responding to. And if you're here today and you're not born again, guess what? You're not responding to the will of God because the Bible tells us it's God's will that all should be saved, that all come under repentance. What are you responding to? Are you responding to your flesh and to your lust? Are you allowing your lust to control you, your desires for lustful things to control you rather than honoring God and responding to His will that sin is sin, right is right and wrong is wrong no matter what it is and if you're going to live life according to what God's Word says and dishonor Him with your life or you're going to honor Him by obeying His will. As long as I'm on this earth, listen, there's, there's, I'm capable of doing anything and you are too as long as you're in this flesh. Don't ever rear back and say, well, I wouldn't commit that sin. You know, you don't know what you would or not. And let me tell you something, you really don't want to challenge Satan with that either. You'll find out real quick how bad and bad you are. I've heard of stories of people said, Satan, I dare you to tempt me. Said within three days, their life was a miserable mess and their whole world had been turned upside down. God will say, all right, you think you're that powerful? And he'll pull the, he'll pull the, the cover off. Right. As long as I'm in this flesh, we ought to strive to do the will of God and respond to what God's word says, to what God says, and not what my filthy, sinful, lustful flesh wants to do. Our sins I still struggle with. I don't like them. I hate them because every time I know I sin, it's going to bring hurt. It's going to bring pain. It's going to bring death. It's going to bring sorrow. I need to respond to the will of God and not to the will of man and to the will of my own self. Because I need to have the mind of Christ. If I had the mind of Christ like I should, and I was armed with that, I would not respond to man like I do sometimes. And especially this man. If I was only armed with the mind of Christ like I should be, where I realize that the flesh has suffered to break me from sin, to realize the awfulness of sin, how terrible it is, not living any kind of sin in my life, not let sin reign in my life, thinking that it's okay. Hey, yeah, God will forgive me, but what about the consequences of it? It still hurts him. Verse three, for the time... Uh, past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excessive wine, revealings, banquetings, and abominable adulteries. 
<laughs> Let me read verse four to go with that. Wherein they think it strange that he run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. First story, let me give you a quick definition. I, I won't go into lots of detail here on these for time and for mixed company. Lasciviousness basically means no holds barred sex. We see that rampant today. Do you know there's a term now called people says they're a pansexual. If for those of you that don't know what that means, that means it if it's anything to do sexual whatsoever, I'm down with it. Anything, anyone, it does not matter. I'm good to go. That's pretty much what lasciviousness is. Lust. Well, we all got lust, and it's not always sexual. You got to realize. We always think of lust as sexual and unfortunately for that it, it really shrinks what the meaning of that word is and sometimes it hurts us because we confine it to just that. Let me explain to you another lust. Lust sometimes can be power or position, recognition. I didn't get recognized for that. Nobody called out my name. Well, bless your little heart. Boo-hoo. Uh, I mean, it's okay. You know, let me, I gotta hurry up. I ain't got time. Lust in so many ways can drive us. Excess of wine. I think most people know what that means, but in case you don't, that means you just drink a little bit too much. Revealings. That's basically how can I say this? If it wasn't for YouTube or, or Facebook, I'd probably be more blunt sometimes. I'm I've been told I'm blunt anyway. It's a it's basically an endless party. No holds barred party. Let's just say it like that. With mixed company. Banquetings. That's just a big feast and, and, and excess and abominable adulteries. Abominable adulteries. Abominable there means hatred. And adulteries, I like to think we all know what adultery is. That means serving a God of some kind other than Jesus. And that could be Anything. We serve each other sometimes way more than we do Jesus. We ought to serve each other. We ought to honor each other. The Bible preaches that right on down to these verses below this, how we should help one another. But you're to serve God and not serve man in the sense that you put man above God, especially yourself. And we do that too much of the time. So let me get to this point. I'm getting there, don't worry. In verse 4 says, wherein they think it strange that he run not with them in the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. So number three, you need to have, uh, arm yourselves with the mind of Christ and have a reckoning. <laughs> and let me tell you something. You don't need to rate yourself with the world. At, at, when, the last time I still worked at the local, in, in my old job, in my 40s, I still had people look at me and think I was crazy and laugh at me and ridicule me because I went to church and was a preacher and didn't have the fun they have. I've told you this story before on a job one time. I was in a lunchroom and they all roared out. One of them said, Ha ha, Craig, what do you do? on a big night testifying. <laughs> when y'all go to church, I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, come away satisfied yet wanting more I said your booze won't do that for you he said you got us there I said I know I do 
I said, friend, I've been where you are. I said, you have never tasted what I've tasted. You've never experienced what I've experienced, the presence of God. And that shut them up for a moment. But you see, people that don't go to church that are not born again will look at you and think, what do you do for fun? How do you enjoy life? They'll look at us like we're crazy. Let them look. There's a day of reckoning coming in their life, but they're going to wish they'd pay more attention to you and I. You need to have a reckoning in your heart and in your mind that I'm going to have the mind of Christ and I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm not going to let it stir me or drive me or steer me out the path of God. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's what you and I should be armed with. Are you armed with the thought of Jesus? I thought different times. Janet has testified about that verse in Acts when Paul stood before Agrippa and said, I think myself to be happy. There was a reason he said that. He finally had the opportunity to speak to the, somebody that knew a little bit what he was talking about, but he could have easily stood up there and said, I tell you what, this ain't fair. This is a tragedy. He could have easily done that. That's hillbilly English right there, by the way. That's two words in one, tragedy. Most of you didn't catch that. I'm trying to slow down and enunciate better. Am I doing okay? You can be honest. You ain't going to offend me. But he could have easily got mad and bitter at what the world was doing to him. He could have got mad and bitter at God, but he said, I'm going to arm myself with the mind of Christ. I've been refined. I'm going to separate myself from sin. I, I'm going, not going to have uh, let it have effect on me. I'm going to respond just the right way and I have reckoned in my heart that what I've got is way better than what this world has and I'm not going to let them affect me. Let them rate me how they will. Most people, lost people, they'll a little bit want to be nice to you and respect you. Deep inside, they know you have something they want to need. But they're not going to admit it. Deep inside, when I was in school, I've told you this many times before, the people that I envied the most were the ones who stood for God and didn't participate in all the nonsense. Yes, I thought they are missing out on the fun, but there was something there in the back of my mind saying, why don't they want to do this? There's got to be something to it. And they'll still think that today. I would have never told them that. I would have never admitted it to anybody. But in the back of my mind, I always knew there had to be something to this Jesus thing. Even though I was raised in a Christian home, folks, I didn't always go to church. I'm not, a, I'm not very proud of that. And here's where I want to get to. I told you to remember this verse. Read verse 4 again, where they think it strange that he run not with them in the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men. God in the Spirit. You see, men and women are going to judge you and I according to the flesh. That's all they've got. They have no other marker. Is each other. But you and I have a marker that's way higher. I've been judged of God. I've been looked at from Him. And let me tell you something. When I look at this world, I look at them and I see one of two categories. Lost 
or saved. There is no in between. It's one of the two. Let me finish this last verse. But live according to, the, to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch under prayer. I had a lost man tell me just a few days ago. He said, Greg, he said, something's got to change. He said, I'm not a church man. You know that. He said, but we can't go on like this. He said, there's got to be a reckoning coming. I said, there is, and it ain't far from now. But let me say this, and I'll finish up. I'm trying to be quick. In verse 5, he says, Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Who do you think he's talking about right there? He's talking about God judging you and those that are, you and I and those that are lost. That's who he's referring to. The quick, who do you think the quick is? What are we when we're saved? We're quickened. We're made alive. Holy Spirit quickens us. He gives us life. We're made alive the very second you're saved. You and I will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. The lost will go to the great white throne of judgment. We're there to watch that. And was singing. One of them said, Boy, I can't wait to get to the great white throne of judgment. I'll tell you what, what a day that'll be. And Caleb said, You might be going there, but I'm not. That shows it matters that you read your Bible, folks. Anyway, let me, let me don't get on that rabbit trail. Number four, you're going to be receiving something. You say, How am I going to receive it? Well, let's, let's back up. Notice that first, when Peter starts writing here, he's basically saying, you better take a good hard look at yourself. You better judge yourself. You better arm yourself with the mind of Christ because trouble's coming. As you read the rest of this chapter, he goes on to talk about suffering. That's basically what this, almost this book is about. And believe me, if somebody knew a bit about suffering, Peter was experienced with it. He knew what it was. And he said that uh, you're going to respond either to your lust, the lust of men, or to the will of God. Which one are you going to respond to? And then he tells us how that the Gentiles uh, would, would have wild parties and, and, and let themselves uh, with no um, restraints whatsoever enjoy all the pleasures of life. All the sins of life is really what it's saying. And then he tells us that they will make fun of a Christian. They will look at you like you're strange and say, why don't you go with us? They speak evil of you. They don't just judge you. They down you. They stab you in the back. They criticize you. They do you wrong. That's what speaking evil of you means. But there's a day coming. There's a reckoning. And there's a receiving. When the judgment comes, you're going to receive your just reward. Let me say this in closing. Only, only, and only, and I repeat, only, only by and through the blood of Jesus Christ are you and I escaping eternal damnation and judgment. Only by that, by His sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. There's nothing you and I can do to merit God's mercy. There's nothing you and I can do to make Him look down at you and say, wow, look at them go. 
Man, look, look, look what a fine person they are. I tell you what, uh, reach over and elbow Jesus and say, watch. No, it doesn't work that way, folks. Only by Jesus Christ, our righteousness is filthy rags. You can't do anything good enough. If you could, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. I've told people, you can serve a God that foolish if you want to. I'm not. One that was dumb enough to die for no reason? You say, I wouldn't say that. I'm not. I'm telling you what people have told me when they said, I don't need Jesus to get to heaven. How else are you supposed to interpret that? <laughs> There's a day coming people's going to receive. They're going to receive the just reward for two things. You're going to receive your just reward for accepting Believing is, is biblical, actually a biblical word. Believing on Jesus Christ or rejecting Jesus Christ. And then you're going to receive a just reward for your actions as a person or as a Christian. Once you are born again, eternally speaking, my sins are forgiven. Earthly speaking, I'm still living with them. And I must obey what God's word says. The Bible plainly says in James, I quoted it last week, let's try it again. When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. When sin is finished, it bringeth forth every single time. No matter how small the sin is. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. I don't mean cussing or bad things. Just something that I shouldn't have said. Something I shouldn't repeat repeated. The Holy Spirit stabbed me in the heart. He said, now what are you going to do with it? God, I don't know, but I'm sorry. I wish I wouldn't have. Forgive me. God, I want to do better. He says, how about thinking next time before you open your mouth? Yeah, Lord, that's a pretty good idea. I'll answer at the judgment seat of Christ for how I live my life as a Christian. If I allowed sin to reign in my life and live in sin, or if I live in obedience to God and what His Word says. There's a judgment day coming. And I will receive what is my just due. Let me say this and I'm done. All these lost people, the world, especially in this country right now, I'm still honored to be an American. I still thank God. I'll be honest with you. I teared up when we were singing that song as I thought about that flag right there. I still honor that flag. I'd die for it. I'd give my life for it. I'd die for that one too. Probably quicker than I would this one. I'm still honored and thankful to be an American. I'm more honored to be a Christian than I am anything. And this system that you see going on in our country right now that's so anti-God, trying to push God out of everything. Well, as we talk about Sunday school class, we got kids that are associating as dogs and, and cats. I mean, think of the... And then, and then we also... It still yet amazes me, though. When you go to buy clothes, there's only two selections. His and hers. Anyway, 
But on every form you see, male, female, other, and, and then they even got a line you can write it in what you are a lot of times. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Earl's retired, and he draws a good retirement because I know what he did for a living. He don't have to deny it. So I'm going to start associating that I'm Earl Bess. <laughs> By the way, your retirement check's coming to my house. <laughs> Thank you, old buddy. See how crazy that is? That's not possible, folks. But this system that's judged us, ridiculed us, said awful things about us. In America, do you know we are now considered a, uh, a nation that is... Um, oh, as a Christian gets... Help me out here. Uh, not martyred, but... Uh, COVID. What? Persecuted, thank you. I knew somebody knew it. We are now considered a persecuted nation in the world. Not as bad as some places, I realize that. But this world that's laughing at you and I, don't get mad at them. Don't try to draw revenge. Don't throw back at them. Don't hate them because I'm going to tell you why. Verse 5 says, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. God don't have to draw a court to order. His court's in order. The day is going to come that they will be judged. Every living person that's ever lived will be judged by God. You're either going to be judged as a Christian or as a lost person. Let me tell you, for those lost people that have made your life miserable, you better pray for them because there's a day of reckoning coming and they're going to receive their just reward and you don't want to be in their shoes. It may look good now. Oh man, they're living it up now. They're wealthy, they're rich, they got all this power, they got all... Hey, what about the day they stand before God? None of that matters. I, just the other day, I saw someone recently, I can't say if it's six months ago or six days ago, it doesn't matter. And I've seen it more than once. I've seen people walk out of that funeral home with a box of papers and a few pictures. And however many years your life was, that's what it's reduced to. It's that box of papers and pictures. That's what it is. There's only one place that's a counter for everything you did that's got rewards for it. And that's eternity. A lot of things you do here, people may not notice. They'll never be aware of it. But God is. Arm yourselves with the mind of Christ. Because there's a day of receiving coming for you and I. And I'm looking for that day. I'm thankful that I'll, if we suffer here, Oh, what glorious it's going to be when we, he shall appear and we'll appear with him. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord, for this opportunity to call on you. God, I don't know exactly the hearts of each one that are here. But Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning under the sound of my voice that's lost and doesn't know you, God, I pray that they hear your call. God, I pray that they don't reject you, they don't turn you away. 
So God, they'll realize there's a day of reckoning coming. And God, they're going to receive their just reward. And Lord, outside of believing on you, Jesus, and receiving you as Savior of their life and forgiveness of sins, God, they will die and they will go to hell for eternity. Or they'll be destroyed for eternity, God, ever dying and never dying. God, I pray for those, maybe it's here this morning, or maybe someone that's watching, God, that has something in their heart that you've spoken to them about. Lord, if there's something, a sin that somebody is struggling with, God, I'd rather ride the horns of this altar to heaven, God, than to ride my pride straight to hell or into destruction, God, while here on earth. Maybe they are born again. Maybe they are saved. But God, there's, maybe there's a sin that they can't break. And I know that you, know, you and I both know that I've struggled with certain things in my life. God, it seemed like it took years to get away from. So God, I pray for them that you touch them. And God, be with us. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning and God has spoken to you in any way, I invite you to come to this altar. Most of all, if you don't know for sure right now that if you died, you'll go to heaven. You need to, you need to be saved. You need to believe in what Jesus Christ has done for you. He said, Preacher, I don't know what to do. Well, I'll tell you what, if he's speaking to you, you know he is right now. I don't have to tell you. You know he is. All you've got to do is just call on him and say, Jesus, I'm sorry I'm a sinner. Would you save me? And he'll save you. It's that simple. But you've got to call on him. You can pray whatever prayer you want to pray. I'm not going to tell you what to pray. It's between you and God. But you know if he's spoken to you as a sinner.